Christmas punky peeps. I hope you guys are having a wonderful Christmas evening and that you got everything you wanted under the Christmas tree and now you're just enjoying time with your families, enjoying your gifts. Well, welcome to another episode of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. I'm your host, Angela Bowen. Today I'll be covering the first of a five-part episode arc entitled Changes Part 1, which aired on February 2nd, 1986. In this episode, Henry's studio burns down. With no insurance and a mountain of bills he can't pay, he suffers a bleeding ulcer and is hospitalized. So what I'm going to do is I took a little bit of notes, and then I'm just going to go from where I left off with my notes... And then I'm just going to watch the episode and just kind of comment from there. And that's pretty much how I'm going to be doing the rest of what's left of Season 2 of Punky Brewster. I'm just going to watch and then comment from there. It goes a lot faster. And that's pretty much how I'm going to also do the final Seasons 3 and 4 next year also. And I'm also going to have a lot of clips so that way you guys can hear the dialogue. I'm not going to go too much into, you know, how I was really, really, like, detail-oriented. And it's like, you know what? No. I'm going to give my commentary. I'm going to tell you the basis of what's going on. Give my commentary and play clips. That's what I'm going to do. So, that being said, let's jump right into this episode, shall we? We start in the apartment where we see Henry, Punky, and Brandon playing a game of cards at the table. I love how Punky and Henry bring back the whole chocolate chippies and macaroonies from the season one Christmas episode. (laughs) I thought that was funny. Punky thinks she's beaten Henry at the card game and shows off her hand, but not so fast as Brandon puts his paw on her outstretched arm as she's collecting all her winnings, all her cookies... Oreos, chocolate chips, macaroons. He puts his paw on her arm to stop her. And Henry says, Brandon's got a full house. So he's like, how in the world? Yeah, dog knows how to play a card game. What can I say? So I'm going to play that clip because I think it is cute and funny. And I will be right back. Too bad, Henry. I know. Two chocolate chippies. <laughs> I'll see your chocolate chippies and raise you a macaroni. <laughs> well, Brandon's in. Sort of. (laughs) What have you got, Henry? Read them and weep, Punky. Two pair, aces and tens. Not so fast. Three jacks. Hey, I'm in the cookies, I'm in the cookies. (laughs) He's got a full house. Kings over sevens. (laughs) 
does it. I quit. Oh, don't get mad at Brandon. It's just a beginner's luck. <laughs> No wonder he won. He was cheating. Oh, um, by the way, I forgot to say this is actually episode season two, episode 17, entitled Changes Part One. All right, just then the sound of sirens breaks up the celebration and the camera looks down to see Brandon was hiding aces in the chair. So he was cheating. I like how since Henry was smoking his pipe, Punky was pretending to smoke a pretzel rod. Plus, I love how she and Brandon were dressed the part with visors on their heads. Punky rushes to the window to check out the fire truck action, and Henry tells her, It's just a fire truck. You've seen hundreds of those from living in the city. Then the phone rings. Dun, dun, dun! It turns out his photography studio is on fire. And here's the clip for that. Hey, look! A fire truck! Come away from the window, Punky. You've seen fire trucks hundreds of times. It's all part of life in the big city. Warnemont residence, Henry speaking. Yes, that's correct. Yes. I own a photography studio at that address. What? I'll be right there. Phew, what's the matter? That fire truck was for me. My studio's on fire. I feel so bad for Henry. I mean, this was his life's work, and now it's all going up in flames. In the next scene, Henry arrives on the scene of what's left of his business as he asks a firefighter what the cause of the fire was. And the firefighter tells Henry the fire was caused by a short in the wiring. Oh, good golly. Now, Henry and Punky make their way through the charred remains of the building to see if there's anything worth saving. I can't imagine in real life they'd even be allowed to just walk around inside. That would be a major liability risk. I mean, there, if something were to fall, a beam or something, and kill one of them, I mean, <laughs> wouldn't the fire, the uh, firefighters or somebody be held accountable for that? Because they, they were the ones that allowed them to go in there? So while they're looking around, this nosy reporter, news reporter, and her cameraman come in. This couldn't be more of a worse time, like a shark about to attack his victim. She smelled the blood of this scoop and decided to jump on it so i want to play this clip this woman has some nerve in no way does she show any sympathy to henry's loss so i'll be right back here. Come on in and start rolling. Excuse me, sir, but was this your studio? Yes. I'm real sorry. What's your name? Uh, Henry Warnemont. Would you mind if I interview you on the air? Oh, I don't Am know. Am I okay, I'm... Al? <laughs> Thank you, Paul. This is Brenda Fuller coming to you live from West State Street at the scene of a devastating fire. 
I am here with the one man who wishes that big rainstorm Wally was telling us about hadn't missed Chicago. <laughs> what are you talking about? Who's Wally? Whoops. Wally, are you listening? Better get a publicist. <laughs> no, seriously, Mr. Warnemans. Your business seems to be completely destroyed. How do you feel? I feel awful. Would you care to elaborate on that? No. Well, let's talk to your granddaughter then. Honey, how do you feel? Miss Foster's daughter. And his name's Warnemont. I don't think it's very nice of you to put us on TV when we're feeling so bad. Obviously, this is a terrible tragedy. These two people are in shock and unable to speak coherently. <laughs> Mr. Warnemans. I know that I speak for every Chicagoan when I say that I hope you get your hardware store rebuilt as soon as possible. Back to you, Paul. Come on, Al. If we hurry, we can get some footage on that 800-pound pig that got loose on the expressway. Come on. Henry, are you okay? Everything is ruined. Everything. My negatives. this business 34 years put my heart and soul into it and now in the blink of an eye it's all gone my god what am I going to do kitchen table with his calculator or I think it's an adding machine with his mounting pile of bills he's the manager of that apartment building so he must have some income right I see he's got that band bottle of generic off-brand Mylanta so he's got to be beyond the stress of you know the breaking point of stress here and this breaks my heart to see Henry adding up these bills and he says can't pay them all as Punky oversees this from the kitchen doorway, and Brandon licks Henry's hand reassuringly, reassuredly. Good old Brandon, always trying to comfort his family when they're in trouble. And Brandon, er, and Henry really needs this right now. Good boy, Brandon. I notice before and after Henry takes a swig of this stuff in a bottle, this antacid heartburn relief, He's got a hand kind of to his stomach, so we can see how this is pretty much going to play out. I wonder how much time has passed since the um, studio, uh, photo studio, photography studio burned down. You know, how did, he does have a conversation with Betty coming up about why he didn't get insurance or did have it, but only for a little while. <clears throat> and I will play that clip. 
You know, I also love that Betty cares for Henry like a friend, but still manages to give it to him straight when he needs to hear it. Kind of like tough love. Henry admits that two weeks prior to the photography studio burning down, he spent most of his life savings on high-speed developing equipment. Then Betty suggests he return it, but of course, due to the fire, it had melted, so they wouldn't accept a return on it. Then, when she asks if he has fire insurance, he tells her he bought some when he first opened the store in 1952. So it's been about 33 years. However, he never increased the coverage. He had thought about it in the 70s, but decided it was too expensive. So I'm going to play that clip right now. Actually, you know what? I'm just going to continue here and then I'm going to play the whole thing together. Just as Betty scolds him, Henry gasps in pain as he clutches his side and sits on the arm of the couch and takes a swig of the antacid liquid. Uh, Henry, I think it's too late for that. You need to go to the hospital or emergency room to get that checked out. Henry, of course, tells Betty that he's it's fine. He's fine. Nothing a good burp won't fix. As she heads to the door and tells him she wants to call an ambulance, he tells her no. And again tells her, I'm fine. Then he cries out in pain as he collapses on the couch, and with the back of his hand pressed against his forehead, he tells her, voice just above a whisper, to call an ambulance, and she jumps off the couch and heads to the phone. So I will play that clip now. And I just want to say one thing real quick, is that I can imagine, you know, when this aired... You know, this was the second season, so of course everyone's gotten attached to the characters. Punky, Henry, everybody. So to see Henry in this kind of pain had to have been shocking for people that kind of thought of Henry as kind of a father figure-ish someone to look up to and like Punky does. So, alright, I'll play the clip now. Henry, I'd like to think that you and I are more than just neighbors. I'd like to think that we're good friends, too. We are. You feel like talking? <laughs> Betty, I'm in big trouble. You are? Thanks to the fire. I've got no money coming in. I've sure got a lot going out. For the first time in my entire life, I find myself unable to meet my obligations. Do you have any rainy day money? Oh, Betty, I've been hit by a typhoon. My savings are nearly all gone already. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> now, I find that awfully hard to believe. I say this out of love, Henry. But you're the cheapest man that ever lived. Bet you still got the first dollar that your father ever earned. Exactly two weeks ago, I invested most of my savings on brand new high-speed developing equipment for my studio. Well, won't they take it back? I asked. They said that when they delivered it, it wasn't melted. Don't you have any fire insurance? Yes. In a manner of speaking. What do you mean? I bought a policy when I first opened the studio in 1952. I'm afraid I never increased the coverage. Henry. I meant to in the early 70s. 
But it seems so expensive. Well, what are you going to do? Well, I... Mm. Henry. I'm fine, I'm fine. No, you're not. I'm calling an ambulance. I don't need an ambulance. Just a good belch. <laughs> Henry, stomach pain that strong is serious. I'm calling an ambulance. No! Betty, I'm perfectly all right. Henry! Betty, I've got an idea. What? Why don't you call an ambulance? Right. At Cook County Hospital, Betty is in the waiting room by the elevators as Punky comes racing in from across the room, yelling to Mrs. Johnson, Where's Henry? Luckily, Betty tells her to calm down. I mean, I know you're worried, Punky, but please, this is a hospital. Running and, running and screaming is not going to help the other people feel any better in the waiting room. For all you know, they could have a family member who could be dying or in surgery and are on edge enough as it is. Not to mention, who drove Punky there? Was it Mike? Was she at school when this happened? Is this the hospital that Betty works at? Betty tells her... Punky that Henry's in one of the rooms, but she can't go in yet. He might, I mean, he could still be either in surgery or observation. Mike actually does come into the frame, so now we know that he, that's how she got there. Mike and Betty try to put Punky's mind at ease by reassuring her that Henry will be just fine. A doctor comes out of Henry's room, and he's played by the actor who played Jerry Seinfeld's dad on Seinfeld. Uh, the doctor tells Betty, who I guess works there because he addressed her as a nurse and told her he needs to rest, that Henry needs to rest, and to wake him up every four hours to give him a sleeping pill. Why not just give him a sedative? One that will knock him out for, say, 12 hours. Heck, or at least give him an injectable so you don't have to wake him up every four hours. I mean, oh, oh, okay, so she doesn't work there at the hospital. Why didn't she change out of her nurse's uniform then? I know, well, there probably wasn't time. Although, if she had, she could have picked Punky up from school instead of having Mike have to do it. Unless, is this after school? If that's the case, then where's Cherry? So, here's the clip of the doctor explaining Henry's condition. Nurse Binder, you're wanted in maternity stat. Binder to maternity. Mrs. Johnson, where's Henry? Calm down, child. He's right there in that room. You can't go in just yet, honey. The doctor's with him now. Is he gonna be okay? Oh, Henry's tough. He'll be just fine. Just fine, honey. In fact, I'm sure he'll get better. How do you know that? Because I owe him ten bucks. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> This patient needs complete rest. So, uh, wake him up every four hours and give him a sleeping pill. <laughs> Doctor, I don't work here. My name is Betty Johnson. I'm Henry's neighbor. I brought him to the hospital. Oh, yes. He mentioned you, Mrs. Johnson. He said that with you in the ambulance, there was hardly enough room for him. <laughs> he must be feeling better. <laughs> Doctor, what's wrong with Henry? Oh, you must be his foster daughter. Henry has a bleeding ulcer. 
knew it. It's all that worrying over losing this studio. Well, he has to stop worrying. If he has another attack, I'll have to operate. And at his age, that could be dangerous. Excuse me, but what's an ulcer? Well, it's a perforation of the stomach lining. How did you stop the bleeding? Did you have to swallow a Band-Aid? <laughs> no, I stopped it with medication. Well, I think I can get back to the country club in time to tee off for the back nine. Good day, Mrs. Johnson. Uh, excuse me, but uh, when can Henry come home? In a few days. I want to keep him under observation for a while. But how can you observe him from the country club? <laughs> Here, have a sucker. So Punky asks what's wrong, and the doctor turns to her and explains Henry has a bleeding ulcer, to which Betty snaps her fingers after hearing this and bending that she was right. It was caused by all his worrying over losing his studio. The doctor then informs Betty that Henry will have to reduce his stress level dramatically or else they'll have to operate. Well, you know what? Maybe Punky shouldn't be hearing all of this. This is a lot of scary info for a nine-year-old to take in. Maybe have her go sit in a chair, and then later, after the doctor's done talking to Betty and Mike, Betty or Mike can give her kind of a watered-down version, because she is being hit with a lot of information that she's not going to be able to understand. Punky asks what an ulcer is, and the doctor gives her some medical textbook jargon explanation. Yeah, I'm sure she doesn't even know what the hell that means. Punky asks when Henry can come home, and the doctor tells her he wants Henry to stay for a few days to monitor his progress and observe him. Definitely make sure he is out of the woods before discharging him. So, from there, I am going to start watching the episode and just kind of give my commentary from there. So, of course, um, the doctor is like, well, I'm gonna go work on my golf game. Like, guy, it's winter. What golf game are you going to be playing? Is there a place that has indoor golf? Or is he flying to Florida right this second to work on his golf game at the country club? I mean, come on, that makes no sense. But then Punky makes a good point. It's like, well, you're going to observe him, right? How are you going to do that from the country club while you're playing golf? So he just doesn't answer and says, oh, here, kid, you want a sucker? This will shut you up so I don't have to explain myself to you. It's like, he should have had a nurse in the room with him when he came out of there explaining to that nurse who would have been watching over Henry. It's like, you don't do that. You don't just up and leave your, your patient and just go off and go on a dang golf game. I mean, cripes, unless you're filling someone in to take over for you and giving them Henry's prognosis and everything like that. It's like, the, I don't know, that guy, I, I would want to see his credentials. I think he needs to actually just retire. Because he does not give a crap about his patients. Thank you, Punky, for calling that guy out. So the doctor takes off for the elevator, Punky pockets the sucker, and then um, she just kind of goes in to see Henry in the room. You know, it's dark, there's a little light on overhead his bed, and, you know, he's on his side, so he's, he's out. They must have given him something to knock him out for a bit. And this has got to be really hard for her to see him like this in the hospital. That's probably the first time she's ever seen him in the hospital like that. 
And I'm sorry I'm getting choked up. This is sad, guys. This is really sad. You know, she she kind of gets on the bed with him and just lies there and just gives, gives him a nice kiss and everything. And it's just so sweet to see this. <clears throat> All right, let's get to the apartment. Okay, so back at the apartment, uh, Betty's kind of like, come on, kids, we got to get going. And, you know, Punky's got a lot of stuff. She's got a suitcase. Cherry's got her really cool rainbow-colored tote bag, Punky's rainbow-colored tote bag. And Punky's like, you know, I want to make sure I didn't run out of bandanas because, you know, she's always got to have a bandana wrapped around her, her leg there. Because it's cool. Punky makes it look cool. Um, I'm just kind of wondering if she's just kind of staying with Betty temporarily until um, Henry gets out of the hospital. She probably doesn't need to take a lot, a lot of stuff. Just a, a stuff for a few days. I mean, Betty's got the key to his apartment. Can't she just come back if Punky needs something extra? And not to mention, I hope Brandon is going with them. I mean, he can't stay there by himself. Who's going to walk him and take him out to pee and feed him and everything? Oh, we get a clear shot of that bathroom back there, too. Um, Cherry accidentally lets a slip about Punky having a Michael Jackson toothbrush. And Cherry's, or Punky's like, Cherry, I told you that in confidence. And Betty's like, oh, don't worry about it, sweetie. I have a Billy D. Williams electric toothbrush. That would have been cool. With a Michael J. Fox toothbrush, that would have been cool to see. So, Punky kind of makes her point about how she should be with Henry right now. And Betty's like, you know, honey, he's fast asleep right now. And, you know, we're going to see him first thing in the morning. And, you know, that way you're going to stay in Cherry's room, which would be fine. Then there's a knock at the door. Holy man, this is gonna... Oh, this guy coming up is gonna piss me off. A thousand times. A oh, hundred thousand times. This guy is gonna get on my nerves for the course, and you're gonna meet this guy. And you will agree, this guy is a big jerk. So at the door, we get this jerk guy... Simon Chillings from the J Department of Child and Welfare, whatever the hell. And immediately, as soon as he says that, Punky starts to get, like, her eyes get wide and she gets nervous. It's like she's trying to hide behind Cherry almost. It's like, okay, why is this guy here? And how do they get this information exactly? This guy just wanders. How? This just happened to Henry. How does this guy know about this? Oh my god. Okay, actually, I'm sorry, guys. This is actually good news right here, and crap is gonna hit the freaking fan in about five damn seconds. I'm gonna play this clip because <coughs> I am so sorry. I did not mean to cough on the microphone like that. Um, I'm just overly joyed that Punky is happy right now because in a second, she's not gonna be. Punky just found out that Simon Chillings is there because Henry wants to adopt her. That's what those papers are for, because he, the guy had her read those words. Petition to adopt. And Punky is so excited. She goes over and hugs Mrs. Johnson and everything. And, um... 
else was I gonna say? Oh, um, Punky had mentioned about something about not you're not really my normal social worker. So my guess is, of course, being that Henry is a foster parent currently, petition to adopt, but currently a foster parent. So that means, of course, social workers have to come into the home and just make sure everything's right, make sure Punky's being taken care of, you know. Crossing their T's, dotting their I's, that kind of thing. So, I'm gonna play the clip and I will be right back. Who on earth? Can I help you? Is this the Warnemont residence? Well, who wants to know? Is Mr. Henry Warnemont here? <laughs> that depends. On what? On who wants to know. Will this day ever end? Madam, I am Simon Chillings from the Department of Children and Family Services. I have some papers for Mr. Henry Warnemont to sign. Oh, well, that's different. Come on in. Thank you. Sit down. Sherry, get the kibbles out the man's way. Thank you. I'm Betty Johnson, Henry's neighbor. Excuse me, but you're not my regular social worker. Ah, you must be Plunky Fuster. That's Plunky Brewster. <laughs> typo, typo. So annoying. Like missing a belt loop. Uh, what are these papers you want my foster dad to sign? Well, when he signs these papers, he won't be your foster dad anymore. What? Relax, little girl. Can you read what this says? Department of Children and Family Services. P petition to adopt? That's very good. Do you know what it means? Uh, does it mean that Henry wants to officially adopt me? He sure does. You mean he'll be my father for always? Nobody can take me away from him? That's right. Really? Really. Honest to God? Honest to God. <laughs> I'm real happy for you, honey. Congratulations! Yay! Thank you, Mr. Chillings. I bet Henry was going to surprise me with this. <laughs> yes! Uh, would you get him here so I can have his signature? I can't. He's in the hospital. Oh, the hospital? See, he's got this bleeding perforation. He was worrying because his business burned down. And we've kind of run out of money. I see. <laughs> this news will really cheer him up. Um, you girls go pack Punky Suki. We already did. Well, go pack it again. Mrs. Johnson. Go. his business he has no income oh, oh watch you know how kids are they they misunderstand they they exaggerate you know then where is he uh tell you what i'll take these and have henry sign them then i'll bring them back to you 
I'm afraid I can't let you do that. Seems to me that this situation needs further exploration. Before we can allow Mr. Warnemont to adopt that child, we must be absolutely certain he's capable of supporting her. Thank you for your time, madam. Good evening. She hugs Mrs. Johnson. She runs to Cherry, gives her a hug. She grabs onto Mr. Chillings and shakes him just excitedly. And Punky's like, oh, Henry's going to be so excited when I tell him. And then the guy is like, Chillings is like, well, can you get him for me? And Punky's like, well, I can't. It's like, guy, if Henry were there, don't you think he would, like, be there in the room with you? Oh, oh my God. Oh, Punky, why did you pick this time to be the most honest person in the world? Because <laughs> she said that he's in the hospital because of a bleeding purse or whatever the heck, ulcer. And um, she said he's been worried because his business burned down and we have no money. And Punky, oh my God, why, little girl, why did you choose this time to be that honest? Which... He can't have not have any money. He's the manager of that apartment building. He must have some money. He's not doing that for free, is he? Even Betty has to kind of give Punky a hard look, like hard look, like, oh girl, you just had to open your mouth, didn't you? You just had to go there. Oh, but I mean, it's not her fault. She's nine. She's being honest. So, Bunk, uh, <laughs> Mrs. Johnson kind of orders the girls to, like, go punk. I cannot talk. Why <laughs> can't I talk? Mrs. Johnson has Cherry and Punky go pack their her suitcase, even though she's already packed it, which they also say that. And Mrs. Johnson is like, well, then go pack it again. Because she basically wants to do damage control and kind of... Just cover up what Punky said. Like, you know, kids exaggerate. They say things that they don't exactly, when they don't understand all the details. Which this guy should be a little more understanding. Come on. This guy is such a by-the-books jerk. Seriously. I mean, yeah, he's got a job to do. He's by the books. You know, Betty's just like, hey, let me take him. The papers, I'll have Henry sign them. And then the guy's like, no, I just heard that he is without income and he is not able to support this kid. So I think the situation needs to be looked at a little bit more closely before we go ahead and have him adopt her. Yeah, Punky just does not realize she just opened a whole big dang can of worms here. Oh, this is going to get bad before anything good comes out of this. That's why they had five parts to this little season arc. You know, and I'll get more into that with the YouTube comments because someone made a really good point about the fact that, you know what, I'm just going to say it now. They made a very good point that... If the show hadn't been picked up in syndication for seasons three and four, this technically was going to be the series finale where he ends up adopting her at the end. And honestly, that would be, that would have been an amazing send off. That he that would have been the end conclusion. 
and the end game and everything like that. And un- the Challenger exploded in January of 1986. So they kind of, I shouldn't say they shoehorned that episode in, but they wanted to include it because Soleil Moonfry, who plays Punky Brewster, was very into her, she had a desire to become an astronaut when she got older, when she became an, an adult. So that's why this meant so much and affected her so deeply with the Challenger explosion. There's like, all right, we want to put this in here. So, all right, moving on. Let's. All right, well, uh, looks like at the hospital, Henry is feeling much, much better. He's awake, he's up, he's eating. Well, he's not up, he's not out of bed, but he is eating. And Betty does comment, like, hey, you look much better. He's like, yeah, I, I, I feel better. So, uh, Henry asks where the girls are. Betty tells him that the girls are in the gift shop. And <laughs> Henry makes a point about, well, can you see if they can get me some real food? Hospital food has got to be total crap. So, as Betty is going to explain to him about the situation with Mr. Chillings from um, the Department of Child Welfare, what have you, there's a knock on the door. And who is it? It's Mr. Chillings. Seriously, this guy has no boundaries. This man, Henry, is in the hospital. He has really no right to just come in there. I don't, I don't think, I personally don't think he has a right to just walk, waltz in there. It's like, this man is recovering from an ulcer. You are going to make that worse. You're going to give this man a heart attack. And Betty, right away, she's like, all right, you need to go. And Henry kind of looks at Betty like, well, what is all this about? And she's like, you know what? No, you need rest and relaxation. That man being here is not going to help you. So Henry, you know, he, he's unaware. He does not know what transpired the evening before when Henry, when um, Punky talked to Chillings and he came over with the adoption papers and everything. Guys, this is going to get really brutal really fast. So the guy is asking all these questions about I need you to answer a question. Well, he thinks that the guy is there, of course, for the whole adoption papers, proceedings, everything. And which the guy is like, well, I am, but first I need to ask you these questions, you know, regarding your employment and everything. And he's like, did your photography studio burn down? Henry says, yes. Was that your only, your main source of income? Henry says, yes. And, and then the guy says, is that your only source of income? And Henry looks at Betty, and then he's like, yes. How? How? Didn't I just say that he was an apartment manager? Is he not? Is he not an apartment manager? Is he living there for free? That doesn't make any sense. He would be getting, if he's an apartment manager, he would be making something. I mean, clearly it must not have been enough to live off of because he was doing the photography studio, but come on. He would have something, he would have an income from that place. I'm sorry, guys. I know I'm harping on this, but I'm just so angry right now. I mean, if they're going to have the photography studio be his only source of income, explain how he's not the apartment manager anymore. I want to hear what happened there. Or how the apartment manager job became a non-paying job. 
gosh. That guy, oh my gosh. He is like, well, since you have no income, your health is now in jeopardy that I have no choice but to remove this punky Brewster from your care. And Henry, ho, ho, he's like, hell no, you aren't doing that. As he, he grabs Chillings and grabs him by the, the suit and pulls him closer. He's like, you are not taking her away from me. Yes, Henry, fight. Use that anger. Get better. Okay, guys, I'm going to play this clip. Oh, my gosh. This is going to break my Punky's going to come in there with those balloons. And she's like, you're going to adopt me. And that's when she's going to be taking the Fenster home. Poor Henry has to sit there and watch it happen. I'm so sorry. I'm just so upset. I know it's a TV show, but they've come so far. They've come so far. And I know what's going to happen, and I know the outcome's going to be better in the end. But gosh, this is so sad. Okay, I'm going to play that clip now. <laughs> Henry, there's something I need to talk to you about. Last night, Come in. Mr. Wardemont? Yes. My name is Simon Chillings. I'm from the DCFS. Uh, you get out of here right now. Betty, what's gotten into you? Uh, you need rest and relaxation. You don't need this man coming in here upsetting you. He's not going to upset me. He's here because of my adopting Punky. Aren't you? I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you a few questions. Go ahead. Thank you. Is it true that your photography studio was destroyed by fire on January 13th of this year? Yes. Is it true that the studio was your primary source of income? Yes. Was it your only source of income? Yes. Well, on behalf of the DCFS, I must ask you how you intend to support yourself and the little girl entrusted to your care. I'll find a way. What way? I said I'll find a way. Sir, I am deeply sorry about your misfortune, but in cases like this, the guidelines are quite clear. You cannot demonstrate that the child will receive adequate support. Not only that, but your own health is in question. I'm afraid I have no choice in the matter. I am here with removing Punky Brewster from your custody. She will be placed in an emergency shelter. Nobody will ever take Punky away from me. You got that. If I have to, I will come back with the police. I'll get her back. I'll start my business again and I will get her back. Well, perhaps you will. But in the meantime, she's going to Fenster Hall. I wish I had more money. I want to get him a great present so he'll always remember the day he adopted me. 
don't worry. He'll never forget this day. Mr. Chillings! Henry, you signed the papers. I'm officially adopted. Yay! Chillings has to be a has to be a big jerk about this, and he's like, you know, if you prevent me from removing this child from your care, I will come back with a police officer. He threatens this man, this elderly man who's done nothing but love this child and everything. I know that the guy is just doing his job because, you know, he wants to make sure this child is, you know, supported, you know, that she's taken care of, and yes, but. Nobody is going to love Punky more than this man. And that guy doesn't care. He's all by the books. Henry, of course, just looks at him and he's like, you know what? I don't care what it takes. I'm going to get her back. I'm going to get my business. I'm going to start anew. I'm going to get her back. And Chillings just grabs his briefcase. He's already done and mentally exited out of this room. And he says, well, maybe you will, but until then, Punky is going to go to Funster Hall. Oh, the two dreaded words nobody wants to hear on the show ever again. <sighs> so we go out to the hallway in the elevator. Henry, or Punky's coming out with balloons that spell out Henry, and Cherry's there with her. So, of course, Punky bursts into the room, all excited, with the balloons. She sees Mr. Chilling, so she assumes, Henry, you signed the papers and officially adopted. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. The next episode. Oh, that is going to rip my heart into a million pieces. Um, but that's the episode, and I think I want to do the... Um... <laughs> no, all of a sudden I'm drawing a blank here. Um, the Brandon Tailwag episode rating. I'm giving this one a 5 out of 5 Brandon Tailwags. For, I'm just going to say them randomly. Um, for the beginning, the little card game. And then, of course, you know, you know, Brandon and Punky wearing the visors. Punky smoking the little pretzel cigar. Um, for, I think that the realism in a way that Henry is suffering with you know, the bills mounting up after his only source of income, his livelihood, his business burned down, um, him suffering an ulcer, then uh, Mrs. Johnson kind of taking it upon herself to take, the, you know, Punky under her care. And then, of course, when Punky finds out that Henry had the adoption papers, so that's, I think that's like five. Um, Punky's principles. I'm going to go with, um, don't do what Henry does. Get, if you have a business, get insurance. Any type of insurance, fire insurance, theft insurance, if there's an insurance to cover your business, get it. Expensive or no, that could come in handy and you won't end up in Henry's position. So, alright, um, let's go with some YouTube comments now. Alright, the first one. Brandon's a good poker player. Here's another one. Doesn't he get money when the people in the building pay rent? Exactly. How does that work exactly? 
Here's another one. Oh dear God, this lady. This person's probably referring to that newspaper lady. She is begging for a switch a switchblade lobotomy. Here's another one. That's heartbreaking that Henry's photography studio went up in flames. Yes, it is very heartbreaking. Here's another one. Ironic thing is these episodes changes were supposed to be the season finale of the season of Punky Brewster, but they didn't. They decided to include Accidents Happen as the final episode of Season 2. What some people don't know is that would have been the series finale of Punky Brewster if it wasn't for the syndication back then, which helped the show obtain Seasons 3 and 4. Here's another one. Yeah, this was supposed to be the series finale, but the Challenger explosion happened during production. There were five parts, after all. They decided to throw Accidents Happen in at the end. Here's another one. I don't really like that firefighter and that reporter. How insensitive can you be? I understand Henry's situation regarding not having enough money to pay bills. Here's another one. Okay, the doctor is golfing, and by the looks of Punky, it's the dead of winter. Yes, because Punky's wearing a winter coat. Here's another one. Punky has a point. How can he watch Henry from the country club? Here's another one. The state can't take Punky away from Henry. He'll get her back, just as he said. Yes, he will. Here's another one. If only Punky just said Henry was out of town for a few days. Here's another one. If these social workers were so concerned about someone being able to support a kid, they should give these checks up on people who want to have their own kids. Many would fail. Okay. Darn, I wish Punky wasn't so honest this one time. The end when she was so happy made me so sad. Here's another one. This is one of the saddest episodes that I have ever seen. And another. Maybe it's how producers and writers wrote the show and how they intended it to be, but it seems like every episode I feel bad for Punky in one way or another. Alright. Alright, join me tomorrow for Season 2, Episode 18, when I continue Changes Part 2, which aired on February 9th, 1986. Just as Henry was planning to adopt Punky, a Fenster Hall bureaucrat named Simon P. Chillings rescinds his custody citing his age, his illness, and his lack of a steady income. Mike Fulton tries to change his mind, but to no avail. Yeah, so this is going to be where Punky is taken into the custody of Fenster Hall. And, oh, I... Uh, it is going to be a hard one next episode because Punky's going to find out that's exactly where she's headed. Oh my goodness. Alright guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Forgive me for breaking down, but I can be warned it probably might happen again in the next few episodes. I hope everybody had a wonderful Merry Christmas and I hope everyone has a happy rest of the week. Rest of 2017. And here's to a wonderful 2018. Goodbye.